Hey, do you like weird movies? You do? Have you heard of Vinegar Syndrome? Find them online at www.vinegarsyndrome.com. Vinegar Syndrome is one of the leading exploitation and grindhouse preservation and distribution companies in the world. They've got a simple three-step process that I call the three R's. Recover, restore, and release. Vinegar Syndrome has an amazingly large film archive consisting of thousands of 35 and 16 millimeter negatives and prints and are actively finding films that are underappreciated, undervalued, and underseen. So many of their releases have never seen the light of day since VHS, and they're restoring them to all their glory. Some of these films do not have the right to look as good as they do, but they do. I'm looking at you, corpse grinders. Vinegar Syndrome has their own method of restoration where their goal is to recreate the theatrical experience as best as they can. With their own in-house lab, they scan, color grade, and restore each title personally. You'll never see any grain reduction and digital trickery on their discs. Vinegar Syndrome is a very exciting label, and we're proud to have them as a sponsor. They've been with us since the beginning, and we love them for it. Check out their website today and grab yourself a copy of Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, Body Melt, Wonder Woman, Ice Cream Man, Christmas Evil, Dolomite, or my favorite, the Wisconsin Blood Trilogy of Blood Beef, Blood Hook, and the upcoming Blood Harvest. Once again, be sure to visit them at www.vinegarsyndrome.com and grab yourself something cool. Let them know your good friend Michael sent you. Today's episode is also sponsored by Geopetric. Geopetric loves your pet. Their goal is to provide quality, first, eco-friendly pet products. They offer stylish apparel to represent the connection you and your pet have. Geopetric is embedded with the conscientious consumer in mind. That's why their gear is made in America, providing fair wage employment using eco-friendly material, including recycled bottles and vegan cork leather. Geopetric is also extremely charitable. They continue to partner with animal rescue and adoption programs across the globe to support their fundraising efforts with donations. When you shop, you save. Shelter animals across the globe appreciate the kindness and compassion of their shoppers. Another cool thing about Geopetric, they allow you to pup cycle your old gear. Do you have old collars and leashes sitting around? Don't throw that stuff away. Send it to your pals at Geopetric to get an amazing discount on your next purchase. Get it? Pup cycle? Yeah, you got it. You can visit Geopetric on their website at www.geopetric.com. That's G-E-O. P-E-T-R-I-C dot com. Geopetric. If you use the special promo code DOGENSTEIN20, you'll receive 20% off your next order. DOGENSTEIN, of course, being the Instagram name that we use for our dogs here at the Shameless Picture Show. Uh, my dogs, Ralphie and Frankenstein. You can find them on Instagram under the name DOGENSTEIN. So, once again, that's D-O-G-E-N-S-T-E-I-N-20. All one word to get your special 20% off. So once again, visit them at www.geopetric.com and find some cool stuff. But no, never finished Ghostbusters. And uh, on that point, have you heard the new announcement? Yes, actually, I wanted to discuss this with you and I wanted to keep it in the episode. Okay. (laughs) So, if you guys haven't heard by now, um, there's going to be a Ghostbusters 3. And uh, Jason Reitman, who Ivan Reitman's son, a director I love, 
uh, did one of my favorite movies of last year called Tully, um, has been making it in, in secret. And he released a teaser. I have not seen I heard the announcement. I saw that they released the teaser this morning, I believe, and I haven't seen it yet. I um, will say I'm a little annoyed of Ghostbusters fans. I I'm usually annoyed. See, I'm I was actually a big fan of the recent reboot. I was too. And so and I really appreciated uh Jason Reitman's uh announcement where he said I love what Paul Feig did working with those incredible actresses and I that that he really respects that film and while his film is following the story of what the original two films did that he still felt that that one had a place and he'd like to see more stories based on that tangent of the franchise apparently someone was saying to him too on twitter that like Let's just keep, uh, like, it was pretty much uh, bad-mouthing the remake to him. Um, and he was like, how do you know a girl's not going to pick up that proton pack in the, gr- in, in the oh! barn? <laughs> uh, but no, what annoys me? So, um, this film, before anything, like, um, you know, all we got was a teaser trailer. And uh, even before that, when it was announced it was happening, Ghostbusters fans everywhere rejoiced. The other, the the remake had nothing, no promotional material, nothing out, and they had already shit all over it. Yeah, and that's what annoys me. So it's like, oh, you get a little glimpse of um the the what the fuck's the name of the car, the Ecto One. Yep. You get a little glimpse of the Ecto One, and you guys all fucking need to go change your underwear. <laughs> but you hear a girl's gonna be a Ghostbuster, and you freak out. Yeah. No, like I, I, uh, I didn't watch the trailer, uh, nothing against Jason Reitman, but like, I, I didn't want to, um, and it was my silent protest against Ghostbusters fans. Nothing sure. against you. There are some good Ghostbusters fans out there. There's actually a lot of them, but <laughs> has, some of my friends said not all Ghostbusters fans. Uh, some of my, um, uh, I, I, I don't want, I, I hate to use friends, uh, but it's the best way to describe it. some people I know in my life who are, uh, pretty much treat the original ghostbusters film as the holy fucking bible yeah and um need to get over themselves because i will say we never i i we never i never finished ghostbusters we're gonna eventually do our ghostbusters episode yep um i'm enjoying ghostbusters it's not the greatest comedy of all time guys get get over yourselves (laughs) i i am surprised at how of all of those big franchises from my childhood yeah. How strongly I'm connecting with Ghostbusters now. There are other franchises that I assumed I would like more today mm-hmm. from my childhood, but Ghostbusters is the one that I'm still clinging and, to. And I, it's not because it's such a great comedy. It is funny. It is a good comedy. Yeah. yeah. And um, um, exactly. I, I agree with that. I think there's something really magical about the. Um, First off, they took uh, right, ghost stories. Yeah. And they did something completely different with it. 100%. Like, um, I think people really connect with the kind of blue-collar element of, of the Ghostbusters stuff. And that's something that they, the original creators and the people involved with the first two movies talked about how they wanted it to seem like how they hire Winston. Yeah. Um and and Janine like this it, like it focuses on just like it's a regular office job but it's really weird. There's the 
the tech gadget element of it with Egon mm-hmm. and um, that people really connect to. And me as a, a collector, I have that collector impulse. I love the idea. And this took hold with the video game a lot. The idea of collecting I did enjoy all that video. of the I did enjoy games. that video game quite a bit, I really will say. <laughs> but no, I, like, so we'll do our full Ghostbusters episode. And I want people out there to know that I'm, actually, uh, I'm really enjoying uh, watching Ghostbusters. Um, the, my quick little thing I will say is I really don't care for Bill Murray's character in this movie. In Ghostbusters one, Ghostbusters like one. one and two. I want to I want to watch Ghostbusters two as well, but I'm not okay. really. I don't think Bill Murray's all that good in this movie. Yeah. Everyone else, okay. like I think Dan Aykroyd is the is the best character in this nice. movie. Um, and um, Winston, who does not get enough screen time. No. Um, and like I said, it's funny. I'm I I I I, I chuckle, but it's not like a. <laughs> knee slapping comedy right like people make it out to be but like i think it's definitely an anomaly enough of its in itself and it's a movie it's a type and i'm not saying we need more ghostbusters movies necessarily we need more movies like ghostbusters or the movie that we're going to be talking about today that is just like <laughs> what the fuck how did these elements come together and yes. make, i want to make a movie about busting ghosts but we're also failed uh <laughs> teachers and fucking i don't know it's there yeah. needs to be more movies that just like let's just throw it all to the wall <laughs> totally. uh, much like the movie we're going to be talking about today so what movie is that uh the highlander nick <laughs> um, oh so a uh, couple uh housekeeping things before we get into the main meat of it okay so first announcement i kind of talked with you a little about it but for yep. for the listeners um i'm back you're back. Um, well, I'm you back. had not officially told me that you I, were I, back. I was, you, you, you made it sound like you wanted to come back for a couple episodes, but you didn't yeah. know if you could commit to full-time scheduling. I'm back. Okay. Um, um, I will say um, I do have a couple uh, uh, of people that wanted to be on the show. Cool. So I might have a couple longer uh, solo episodes to help, to make uh, essentially contractual obligations. Uh, no, <laughs> I, and I've always been a fan of having other people on. It's not like I have to be on every episode. Yeah. From the beginning of this, we've both had times where one of us couldn't do it, and the other person yeah. either brought somebody else on or did a solo. But we'll, you are officially we'll back. We'll maintain that. But as far as... Uh, I'm concerned. Uh, it, the boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. The brand dude. Brand. Uh, after I texted that to you the other day that the boys are back in town, <laughs> I went and listened to it about three times on loop. Oh, because <laughs> that's like the first time I was like, I forgot how good this song was. Let's listen to it again. And then it became a thing where by the end of it, I was just singing every word, top of my lungs. It's, I feel like it'd be a great movie scene. We're like, hey, you know, this song's not bad. Let's listen to it again. And it just kind of progresses. Uh, did you ever watch <laughs> um, How I Met Your Mother? Of course, of the, course. The, the episode where uh, that shows how the, we became friends. Fi- yes, yeah. Uh, I would watch Five Hundred Miles get yep. stuck in the tape deck. And- yep, and then I love by the end of that show, they're just <laughs> driving in complete silence, staring forward as the song's still playing. <laughs> uh, uh, should, should I? Uh, should we start the show? We should. Okay, because we've been talking for like 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sip a cough for the working man. At some point, I'll explain to you the origins of that. You did. 
Oh, I An did? episode, yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast. Absolutely. Sip a call for the working man. <laughs> Pow! Warning! This movie podcast actually discusses movies. Be aware that it may discuss any of the following elements. Endings, surprise twists, unexpected cameos, and all manner of spoilers. If this doesn't appeal to you, why listen to a movie podcast? Without further ado, please enjoy our feature presentation, The Shameless Picture Show. Welcome to the season three premiere of bow, 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 bow. the Shame List <laughs> Picture Show. I am one of your hosts, Michael Viers, and with me, as always, is a true immortal with the blood of kings. He has no rival, and no man can be his equal. Take him to the future of you all. Nick Richards. I can't hit Freddie Mercury's high notes, but, you know. Oh, I can. Uh, when I, when I was listening, I was of course listening to the Highlander soundtrack when I was researching this and I was like, God damn, this song is awesome. I, so I grew up on the TV show. Which I didn't realize there's six seasons of it. You can watch it all on Amazon prime. Yeah. Um, hadn't seen the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, this one was on both of our shameless. Oh yeah. Um, but I grew up on the TV show, which uses the same theme song and I think awesome. It's kind of rare, or at least I, w- I was surprised when I put on the movie and the yeah. same song was on there. Yeah, the, I, like you, you'd imagine there'd be like a um, stripped down version, an instrumental version or something. Yeah. Uh, uh, I put on like five minutes of the TV show. I'm like, whoa, the budget for this is low. I'll let you come <laughs> back to this. It reminded me of like the short-lived Mortal Kombat TV series they had on. Ooh. And, uh, it, or like Hercules, you know, that type of budget. Right. Um, I I have a feeling it looks worse than it does in my memory. <laughs> uh, probably. Um, I remember like, um, that happens sometimes with TV shows. Like, I remember when I was a kid watching, like when I'd occasionally, even though it was technically on my shame list, as a kid when I'd see episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, it mm. looked cool, sleek, and dark. And then when we did the episode on I'm like, oh, this looks ooh. very 90s. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> you have not aged well. <laughs> well, it like, truly, I think a big part of it <laughs> is just how high the, a uh, combination of how high the bar has been raised. Yes. Uh, but also the technology that we're watching these things on. Yes, yes, that's fair. That's the reason I've got a VHS player and a, a tube TV hooked up in the basement. Yeah, I have a, you can see it from the side angle, I have a VHS player right there. <laughs> yes, you do. That's awesome. Uh, but um, we're getting off track. We still haven't gotten through our intro. We have a lot to talk about. Um, We do have a lot to talk about. There's a lot to unpack in this movie. But um, just in case people did not listen to our preamble... Nick is back on the show. He's, um, for those of you listening who I had promised a guest spot on, there's like four or five of you. You guys will all be on this season. Um, a couple we shout outs. Cause, we uh, still I, want all of you. Yeah, because I have to say, I have to really um, thank people. Because when, um, when you know you had to drop out of the show for a little while to take care of some personal stuff, um, I just kind of went running with the show. 
and um, I was going to keep it going no matter what. I told myself season three was going to be the make or break season. It was either going to be the best <laughs> season I've ever done or it was going to be the one that ends the show. <laughs> I don't know why. I just told myself this is how this is going to go. And I had a lot of people step up who are like, you know what? We want to be on the show. So some of those people, like uh, my buddy uh, Sam Fink, who was going to be on the Godfather episode before we had all those technical difficulties. Right. He wants to come on and do a Star Starship Troopers episode. Ooh, I have not seen that. Um, um, my buddy Nico, who is on my Slasher Films episode, he wants – we are, actually might be recording it this week since with the release of the new Halloween he oh. wants to come on and do – we want to do an overview of the entire franchise. Okay. Uh, and just talk a little bit about all of them. Uh, plus, that way I can also give people my chance to hear my thoughts on the new one. Um, a, long, a listener of the show, her name is Katie Cadaver. She is really yeah. popular amongst the, the – she's a dancer in Milwaukee. She does burlesque shows. Uh, she's listened to every single episode. Damn, thank you. <laughs> um, and she wants, to, she wants to be on where we discuss the Blues Brothers – <gasps> hold on okay it. i have to be on that episode okay. um if for no other reason because i lived in calumet city illinois uh which is specifically referenced in the film more than once i believe they're okay. from calumet city illinois <laughs> <laughs> okay well then you're gonna be on that episode uh my buddy brian hollandike wants to be on we have not completely figured out what what movie we're talking about but he's he's been wanting to be on since probably around the end of season one. Okay. Um, and it just has not worked out with scheduling. Like, I'm giving all these people a shout out because they stepped up and wanting to be part of the show. Nice. And then um guy I don't know very well personally, but apparently he listens to the show. His name is Jay Gilkay. He runs a wrestling podcast called Cigars and Conversations that my buddy <laughs> Kyle run, that Kyle records. Jay is the promoter of the wrestling promotion Mondo Lucha in Milwaukee. He wants to be on. <laughs> cool. So we're, we're going to talk about shock cinema. So Okay. So those, if you guys are listening, which if you want to be on the show that bad, I'd hope you'd be listening. Yeah. Um, uh, they're all going to be on at some point this season. So I'm sure uh, you said Katie Cadaver? Yeah. Is, I'm sure she is listening because she hasn't missed one yet. Yeah. So... It's like she started late and she knocked them all out within like a couple, like a month or two. So nice, but um, yeah. Um, I, and I have a couple people on on my side of the country that uh, have expressed interest in being on as well. So awesome! We still have to do that Beetlejuice episode. Beetlejuice, um, the Ghostbusters one. Actually, yeah. we were talking about um, having uh, <laughs> uh, Brett Fowler on, um, and yeah. And we still want to do our Adventure Time episodes. <gasps> oh, be still my heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Then you can compile the list of episodes that we need to, that I need to watch. Cool. Uh, okay. But enough talking about future episodes. We're talking <laughs> about the now. On today's episode, we'll be discussing a cult sword and sorcery film from the 80s. Yes, we're discussing Highlander. <laughs> you know, in case you didn't listen to our preamble. <laughs> <laughs> so Highlander. Connor McLeod is an immortal that's been wandering the globe since 1536. I found that date on the, the poster for the movie. Okay. <laughs> He's been everywhere from Scotland to New York City, defending himself in sword fights against other immortals. McLeod's existence has been a secret this whole time, but after beheading one of his immortal challengers, his situation gets far more hectic when a beautiful forensics officer starts investigating these beheadings and the ancient weapons found at the scene of the crimes. 
McLeod reflects on his life, his former love, and his mentor, all the while being hunted by the New York City police and a ruthless immortal known as the Kurgan, who aims to claim his prize for being the final immortal, as there can be only one. <laughs> um, it's much like um, with great power comes great responsibility. If you miss it the first time, you're going to hear it at least yeah. four more times. I, uh, I found <laughs> myself about halfway through going, um, how many can there be again? I, I to, Was it four? yet they also like we'll talk about that but they all seem to be friends with each other too so it's <laughs> but anyways the the film directed by russell mckay in 1986 from a script by gregory Whitten, peter bellwood and larry ferguson is based on a script that gregory Whitten actually wrote while in college it was like a piece oh, of statement interesting um uh, granted all my in, some of my information for that comes from wikipedia but i've been trying to track down the original script because it seems like there's a lot of changes Okay. Um, <clears throat> the film had a relatively successful release with solid reviews, but took on a whole new life on home video and has now reached cult status. Highlander has spawned five fucking sequels, two different live action TV shows, novels, I think two different animated series, comic books, and more. Let's also not forget about the amazing grouping of songs that Queen, of all people, Queen, <laughs> produced for the film. I dare you to put on Princess of the Universe and not crank that shit too loud. Oh, right. I swear to God. Right. Um, <laughs> Highlander stars Christopher Lambert and his chapped lips, Clancy Brown, <laughs> Roxanne Hart, B.D. Edney, and Sean Connery as McCloud's mentor, mentor Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez. From another time comes a man of great power. Talk funny, Nash. Where are you from? Lots of different places. A warrior of incredible strength. You've the devil in you. We've been kinsmen 20 years. Connor McCloud was my kinsman. I don't know who you are. Because you were born different, men will fear you, try to drive you away. A man uncertain of his future. What you got here, Brenda, is a guy who's been creeping around since at least 1700. It's not possible. And haunted by his past. Wait a minute, Nash. I want some answers. You cannot die, MacLeod. I am Connor MacLeod of the Clan MacLeod. I was born in 1518 in the village of Glenfinnan on the shores of Loch Shiel. Now I am immortal. <laughs> a hero who is about to face his greatest challenge. You will always be weaker than I. What can you tell me about a seven-foot lunatic hacking away with a broadsword at one o'clock in the morning, New York City, 1985? Not much. For he is not alone. In the end... There can be only one. There can be only one. Here we are, we're the princes of the universe. Here we belong, fighting for survival. We've come to be the rulers of the world. Why the fuck?
fuck is Sean Connery, a true blue Scotsman, playing <laughs> an Egyptian Spaniard? Uh, right. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> when thank you. When you first said that name, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> um, I have that exact I, I, note. I, I, I'm hinting at a lot of stuff here because there's a lot to talk about, but um, <laughs> there there are so many scottish roles in this film and they're like let's get sean connery to play one of the only non-scottish characters oh but don't change your actions sean we love it <laughs> and god i have so much to say okay i'm getting right. ahead of well, myself i guess let's start let's start simple it's about okay. both of our shameless but yes I th the show always seems to work better when i ask you what your opinion is Oh, okay. Because well, mostly because I'm the one talking the most during the intro. Right. So but that shifts. Sure. What did you think of the movie? It was not at all what I was expecting. Um, <laughs> Me too. Me I too. was not, and the the swords and sorcery thing was absolutely right, and I was not expecting that. Now, <sighs> I I mentioned in the intro, I grew up on the TV show, right, which yeah. is not that swords and sorcery like almost B-movie at times. Um, I was expecting you or Hunter from the Future, honestly. Oh, see, I was not. And and that, so those elements really threw me off. Like, I was expecting more of a well, I 90s, guess, uh, 90s uh, polished by 90s standards. Well, I guess um, I was like, uh, I was not expecting, for some reason, I knew the film took place in New York. I was not expecting any of the actual Highlander stuff like the from the past. Okay, that that part. So it sounds like we had the exact opposite expectations, and then we're really surprised what the other person expected yeah. out of it. Yeah, because I, I I think I had seen you know it comes on TV and you see five minutes of it. I had seen enough to think that it was going to be the TV show but with more of the Scottish flashback stuff as like origin story where the TV show takes First time there. a Scottish flashback came up, I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and there is a lot of juxtaposition in the first yeah. act of this film. Um, I will say for me, the film is one of those things, like after I watched it, I, would just, I just felt like I was... It's like, do you remember in The Simpsons when Millhouse puts on that video game and his hair is like blown back. <laughs> Real house. Yeah. Uh, I just only put in my name. This is great. And all I've done is enter my name. Thrill house. Um, that's kind of how I felt. I was just sitting there like just wide eyed. I'm like, what the fuck did I just watch? And it was one of those things. It's like, I don't know if I liked this movie. But then the more I think about it, it's like, you know what? I think I actually really loved this movie. Yeah. Because I'll think about things that I really loved. And I was like, that was fucking awesome. But then I'll think about some other things, like some of their clunky fight scenes and other things. Like, you know what? That wasn't very awesome. Are you... I'm teetering between extremely awesome or terrible. Are you claiming that the antagonist doing 17 backflips through the line of cars for no good goddamn reason was <laughs> clunky fight choreography? Flips. I just said backflips question mark. <laughs> oh my god. Um no, I was actually talking about the fact that like that first fight scene not only felt like it took forever, but it's like have have you ever touched a sword before this? <laughs> and then like so McLeod's walking around in his trench coat and all of a sudden like pulls out this enormous sword out from under the trench coat. It's like, how are you walking? 
before yeah. that. Like, there's no way you were just casually yeah. walking around with a sword under your trench coat. But, you know, it's one time. of those things that's like, I, like I said, I was kind of teetering between, like, awesome and terrible. <laughs> um, and actually, rotten, I don't use Rotten Tomatoes very often, but their critical consensus, I think, sums up this film perfectly. Okay. Uh, so they have, actually has a 68% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I, that's, I, I not, bet that. It's that feels con- right it, to me. It, it is considered fresh. Yeah. Um, 79% of audiences like it, which make complete sense. But critical consensus is people hate Highlander because it's cheesy, bombastic, and absurd. And people love it for the same reasons. Yep. Yes. <laughs> uh, actually, I think uh, I'm going to p- insert a clip here of it. But um, um, Roger Ebert on uh, whatever his review show used to be <laughs> is talking about this movie. And he fucking hates it. But uh, that doesn't that's not important. That does, that's not important. Uh, he talks. I wish I could remember his exact wording because he describes it as being like a a critic smorgasbord where he's like let's or no a, a a young screenwriter smorgasbord or maybe maybe that's not the word he used but he's like he's like let's just take all these elements from other stories and just mix them together yeah yeah first though roger takes a look at an action picture called highlander and i'm gonna be and now you really told us what you thought about a room with a view so i think i can guess what you think of highlander i'm gonna give my opinion which is this is sort of like a garage sale good at the house of a berserk screenwriter you got a movie has a little bit of everything immortality sword fights ancient legends muscular heroes exploding automobiles wise old men beautiful women bloody beheadings and lightning crackling through the sky it has an especially lot of beheadings and Mm. lightning in fact Occasionally, people's fingertips just tingle with all of the excess electrical energy in the story. The story I believe were the the heart of Highlander's longevity and how much it spawned. I had no idea it spawned so many sequels. Like I knew the TV show, I assu- I probably would have just assumed there were comic books. I had no idea about the sequels and the other TV show and the animated stuff. But I think the reason why it did all, all that is because under all of the chaos and cheesiness and uh, I, I think the idea of these immortals hiding in plain sight and all knowing each other by reputation and then having to and the uh, what was it the not the quickening the the gathering the gathering and this moment of the gathering <coughs> coming together and and needing to always be on the guard on your on the lookout from these others trying to take your power. Um, I think that is a really interesting concept to explore. No, like one... th- th- this this script does an amazing job at world building. Yeah, even the times where I feel like, oh, there's not nearly enough explaining. It's there's enough explanation, and like, like after like this movie made me want to watch the TV show because like there's things like, um, like I loved seeing Connor during World War Two and shit yeah. like that. It's like, yep. oh, I want to see more of these immortals throughout history. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think that was something for all of the things that I will be complaining about in this episode uh, that I will both love and hate about it. I think that at at the core is a really amazing story concept that that most people that watch it want to see more of and and if you can succeed at that then you know good on you yeah and i do have to say um clancy brown as the kurgan 
It's fantastic. <laughs> but especially at the end when his throat's cut and he's just straight up doing his Mr. Krabs voice. Because <laughs> he is the voice actor for Mr. Krabs. He is? Yes. I had no idea. He is the voice actor for Mr. Krabs. So go back and watch that church scene where he is like, it's better to burn out than fade away. And it's just like, without, without, if you just add the Mr. Krabs laugh in there, it's, he's 100% doing the Mr. Krabs voice. <laughs> well, I guess for, for accuracy's sake, uh, Mr. Krabs is doing the Kyrgyz in the church voice, which That's also is another... Hold adds on. another layer to that show. Let's see. Well, Kurgan. Um, I'm going to pull it up. So that way you, I'm going to put it up against the microphone. So that way you can hear it. And just. Okay. I have something to say. It's better to burn out than to fade away. <laughs> when I put that in the episode, oh. I'm going to sim in a Mr. Krabs oh. laughing at the very end yeah. of that. And it's mis- it's one hundred percent Mr. Krabs. Did you, oh my did you god! Hear that? Did you hear oh, that? Oh, totally, totally. I, <laughs> oh. <laughs> that, well, like, that's beautiful. And like he was great, anyways. Like he seemed like he was really having fun with this part. Yeah. Um. So where do we want to start with this? Where, <laughs> how should we begin with this? Because I got a lot of voices oh. I could take. Like I could do a whole thing on the Kurgan. I could talk about Connor. I could talk yep. about the wrestling match at the beginning of the right. fucking movie because those were all legitimate wrestlers. <laughs> Queen? All right. I think Queen is where we have to start. Uh, it, it was on the front of both of our tongues when we started our cold open. Um, and for all of the random pieces put into this film the queen puzzle piece is the one that i just cannot find the right place for no and especially because like there's scenes where like it just it, queen makes like when it starts off queen makes the movie badass with princes of the universe because yeah. i've always known that song and i didn't know it came from highlander oh i would okay. have assumed it would have came from masters of the universe right right um uh and then, like, there's times where Queen makes the movie fucking awesome. There's times where Queen makes the movie just really strange. It's like, why is the Kurgan listening to Queen? Um, that... And then, and then <laughs> it's like, uh, there's times where it makes the movie better. Like, when there's that scene, that scene with Connor and Heather, and they're, uh, Who Wants to Live Forever is playing. There's no time for us. Side. 
And it yep. found out that, like, according to Wikipedia, Brian May wrote that song for that scene. Watch, when he was watching that scene, he's like, I got a song for you. It, it, it's almost comedically, <laughs> like, on the nose. Like, oh it's my a little God, too, it's amazing. Like, it's amazing. The concept of this movie is that he's never gonna die. It was just... <laughs> So you're saying um, it's you don't like it when it's on the nose? Then why do you like <laughs> this movie? I'm kidding. So, um, yes, the 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 theme song is the highlight of the Queen soundtrack. Yes, one hundred percent. It's it's amazing. And and that was the the very you know obviously it opens the movie, but like it's so when the credits start and that song starts. That They're was, boring credits, but the credits are made <clears throat> awesome by that song. By that song, and not expecting that song to be in there because I knew it from the TV show. I that was like the it set the right tone for me of constantly being shocked and surprised by this movie. That was your thrill house moment. <laughs> yes, totally. I I just put on the credits. Can we can we just can we coin that right now? The moment, the moment where the movie clicks for you is officially known as the Thrill House. The, moment. the Thrill House, yay! We have an that official thing. Copyright Nick and Mike, <laughs> which we didn't steal from The Simpsons. <laughs> In this con, it's con, it's copyrighted it's for this context. Context and context alone. Um, yeah. The one of my favorite comedic moments and. And while I think it was intended to be lighthearted, I don't think it was intended to be comedic. Or, or the reason <laughs> I why like that I, happens a lot in this movie. I, why I found it funny was not for the same reasons, but um, was the when when he kidnaps um, I forget her character's name, but the oh, uh, give weird, me a second. The forensic Brenda. police officer slash ancient sword expert which brenda. i have which i have issues with when he after he kidnaps brenda and he's like driving her around at first it's like this <laughs> oh i'm gonna scare you by weaving in and out of traffic but, but then, then like, he turns into like a really epic queen <laughs> well it it turns into like the stereotypical like new york sightseeing scene he has to find the right place man but the weirdest version like i i'm like i know this it's you're driving around and look oh there's the statue i know because he's pointing and And he starts like the kirigan starts uh start spreading the news in his creepy mr crab's voice um (laughs) you'll never be able to unhear that now his neck all safety pinned up and he's and he's singing new york new york and then it transitions into Queen performing New York, New York, Which as they're so going awesome. across. <coughs> Excuse me. It's there's a lot of they're doing construction in the basement, so there's a lot of dust in the air. So I'm and I just got over a cold too, so it's I'm probably cool. gonna be coughing a lot. So from the cured and kind of like creepy, uh, 
creepily stating the lyrics of New York, New York into Queen performing New York, New York <laughs> while yes. they're crossing what I'm assuming is the Brooklyn Bridge. I don't know New York that well, but it was seemed like an iconic bridge. Um, was just like I I LOL'd. I almost R F L M A D seven Batman symboled. <laughs> uh, I appreciate you what? trying. I appreciate I, I, you trying. Uh, no, uh, like that. Like um, and actually, when you attacked, when I texted you, just like that, I said that I texted you said Queen elevated the shit out of this movie. <laughs> um, and then you mentioned the Kurgan's trip th- trip around New York. I hadn't gotten to that point yet. I'm like, ooh, what's oh, coming? Oh, what's okay. Coming? I thought. Uh, no, I, would... it, it happened like a scene or two before. Like I was almost there. Uh, cause the day before I watched it, you had messaged me had saying, I'm going to watch it tonight. I had to break it up into a couple viewings, but so I apologize for the, no, spoilers, it wasn't a spoiler at all because it, it, it did not <laughs> ruin the impact of that scene. Good. Um, one more thing that I'll say is that the person that I watched it with, um, insists on having subtitles on. Okay. And every time a song started up, it said Freddie Mercury. <laughs> and then the lyrics, so I kept saying, Freddie Mercury, Freddie, and there are so many Queen songs in there. Freddie Mercury, start spreading the news. <laughs> That's actually kind of great. I love when, I love when, when, when uh, the person doing the subtitles is trying really hard. <laughs> Earned his paycheck that day. Um, one thing I want to talk about is I just feel like, um, uh, I think well, at some point through this episode, I feel like I, uh, I talked about it because I, I mentioned that, that Roger Ebert quote. But like this movie just feels like it's a it's a it's a hot mess mixture of other things, and like apparently uh, Russell McKay, who's the director, I think he started with like music videos and he shot this thing like a music video. But the first thing I noticed is since he used so many low angle dolly shots, yeah, how often you like and he used really wide wide angle lenses, you could see the ceiling. I just remember like when when my wife Amanda was doing some film classes lately. Um, and they were talking about the importance of Citizen Kane. Yes, I'm going to relate this movie to Citizen Kane for a moment. <laughs> uh, I, perfect parallel. <laughs> um, Citizen Kane was an important movie because it's one of the few first times that they were able to, not one of the first, but like it was one of the big examples of when they were able to shoot in real locations and not have okay. it be sets. And to show that off, and they shot with such wide-angle lenses, they were showing the ceilings. And I just feel like, man, Orson Welles would love this movie. Look how many ceilings they're showing. <laughs> the secret to Orson Welles' success is ceilings. The ceiling. Um, and I, but like, no, there's, there's, like, I could almost start like pointing out, like, this is this shot. This is the, like, when the Kurgan comes out of the elevator in that weird, like, little motel he's staying at. <laughs> And it's like the like he's walking out looking like the Terminator. The music is almost Terminator. Right. The way he's walking is the Terminator. It's like, oh, this is their Terminator shot. Dun 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 dun. Yeah. Dun 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 dun. That's the mood of New York at this moment. Get out of here! Get out of here! So far. <laughs> a drink, pal. Got a joint. Hey, Rockefeller. How'd you like candy? She said you were kind of kinky, huh? Don't ever speak to me. 
Don't ever speak to me again. Do you understand? Good. I hope you'd get your head chopped off, asshole. <laughs> and you! But I do uh, have to say, the way they shot the movie made the movie like that. I feel like I was never bored with this movie because, like, the way it was shooting, they shot it. It was just even times when they didn't have to be over the top, they were over the top. Oh, and and yeah, you gotta both appreciate the the brazenness of it, but then that's going to inevitably cause moments where, as an audience member, especially saying it for the first time, you're like what the fuck was that all about? Like when there was, I believe it's when they transitioned into the world war two segment. Oh yeah. And they're like having a conversation and all of a sudden the screen just shatters and breaks away into the world war one flashback with absolutely no, like there is no context for it at all. Why did it like glass shatter? No, not at all. And there's there's tons of like I have there's there's oh, there's so many transitions. Anytime they go back to the past, they have a crazy transition. They yeah. don't just do a cut or even just a a simple point to point fade. They have to do a like how do we do a clever wipe to transition to <laughs> Scotland 1536? It, it it reminds me of one gig I did uh, an editing job for a funeral director oh god who, who wanted one of those you know just here's here's 50 pictures make them move and and so they can play in the background of this funeral right i've done hundreds and hundreds of these things so i put it all together and he's like it's too boring i'm gonna come in and sit with you in the edit i'm like uh first off the man ate my sandwich like i had dinner there and he took his sand my sandwich and ate it from me so so that was the first that's how this thing started and then he goes look you have all these transitions here use them all and i'm like you know what you're paying the bills and and i just dropped like he wanted every single transition it's it's like when homer simpson i got a simpsons reference for everything (laughs) it's like when homer was making ned's uh um, dating video and he was like <laughs> i don't remember this one. Oh, they're making it and homer's sitting in the edit with lisa and he's like do a star fade star fade. so he's like like uh, becoming a star and like fading out to the next scene yeah and Hol- lisa's like dad there's there are transitions that aren't just the star fade do the star fade <laughs> Okay, I finished the gardening sequence. Okay, from here we star wipe to a glamour shot of Flanders paying his bills. Then we star wipe to Flanders brushing his... Dad, there are other wipes besides star wipes. Why eat hamburger when you can have steak? I'm taking my name off this thing. (laughs) That was for in... When I was in school for multimedia design, our equivalent of that was the uh, 3D box cube spin. We would just shout 3D box cube spin at each other. Or can't go wrong with the George Lupe, George Lucas wipe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, no, it's like the, the transitions in this movie are both amazing and um, cheesy at the same time. It's uh, This film can somehow do that where 
uh, one moment it's being badass and you know you're watching a an immortal fight with a fucking samurai sword. <laughs> But then other times, like, oh, wow, that's really dumb. <laughs> and I love it, too. They kept focusing on that blade was folded 200 times. As if that's supposed to be, like, a big thing for the audience. Like, oh, 200 times. Wait a minute. How many folds can there be? Parents there can be only one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah, I but no, it's like so. the movie that's goofy too because it expects like the audience to be like experts on weapons because like they make a big deal out of little details. Like they haven't done two hundred folds and since like until like blank 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 blank. Okay, this is a I think as good of a segue as we're gonna have for anything today. <laughs> um, uh, Brenda, Brenda's character. Yeah, I found it so fucking impossible to believe that a police forensics scientist also happened to be an ancient sword expert who like and and how easy would it have been for them to have found that sword the the cops and go we need to call in a sword expert yeah like there was no reason for her to fill both roles it was so forced for her to have those two oh i love like, you like when she uh, when they found um the um when he brought her book to her at the uh at, she's like where did you get Ooh, that uh, like a library yeah <laughs> also like his his day job or cover or whatever is as uh unbelievable an antiques dealer well i'm i'm okay with that um are you like it, i don't know as much as i am with anything in this movie that that's one that didn't bother me more than others it's lower down on the annoyed me priority list okay um but her her surprise that he had her book like clearly he's an antique dealer you know that he knows about swords that's why he was brought into the police department in the first place why wouldn't he have that book i mean it's not that he definitely had that book but there's a very plausible reason why he would have a book on ancient swords yeah yeah however he said earlier in the web in the movie he doesn't deal in weapons yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um like i said i half the time when christopher lambert was on screen and like i said he's not bad uh i feel like he struggled with like, do i do an accent do i not do an accent let's just yeah. talk here <laughs> Um, but his fucking chap lips, I just could not, especially seeing this movie in, in high definition, I'm like, I just could not look away. And then he always looks so intense, like, even, like, when he's flirting with her, like, when they're at her apartment, he's just, I don't think he can move his eyebrows. I just don't yeah. think he can. But he did in, it, it was clearly an acting choice, because in the the Scottish flashback stuff. That's true, actually, that's when he, he was at he, his best. He was, he was light and casual, and then I think everything in the present in new york there was this attempt to like i'm cold and hardened and i need to protect myself and and it just went and because of that the performance ended up falling completely flat that's fair like i said he was really good in the flashbacks and any scene that with him and sean connery together which sean connery is pretty notorious for in um in his throughout his acting career of not giving a shit in roles that he doesn't feel are that good um <laughs> And he he was very charming and likable yeah. in this movie, yeah. you know, in his in his fucking weird outfit. And... Tell me, how did it happen? For God's sake! 
Why does the sun come up? Hmm? Or are the stars just pinholes in the curtain of night? Who knows? What I do know is that because you were born different, men will fear you, try to drive you away, like the people of your village. Kurgan. He is the strongest of all the immortals. He is the perfect warrior. If he wins the prize, mortal man would suffer an eternity of darkness. How do you fight such a savage? With heart, faith, steel. In the end, there can be only one. Um, um, and, and I'll say the same thing about... Um, uh, Christopher Lambert, is yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, with his accent in the flashback stuff in Scotland, you know, it, it's probably not dead on. I'm not an expert in Scottish accents. But You're not. That, that was totally believable. Yeah. It was when he was trying to do, like, well, I've covered up my accent, but there's still Scottish underneath. <laughs> and it yeah. just... It bent way German for no reason. So it's well, he did spend some time in Germany. We don't know what side of the Nazi army he was on. Yeah, like it was just the the present day accent was a hot mess. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it's funny. I kept teetering throughout this film. It's like which portion I enjoyed better because, like, <laughs> I I was I was pretty like. <laughs> You know, they had me right at the beginning with the Queen soundtrack and they're showing pro wrestling in Madison Square Garden. I'm like, okay, you got me. <laughs> right. I'm in. And then it's like, oh, shit. Like, I think I'm being posted on Facebook. There's a beheading in the first 10 minutes. This movie's yeah. awesome. And then they had <laughs> a very uh, a ham-fisted segue, the first segue to, like, Scotland. I'm like, oh. <laughs> like, not that I'm opposed to these these sword and sorcery epics but like the period films but it was like i usually go into those films want like knowing i'm gonna watch that this movie that takes place in scotland in the 1500s but it's like oh there's all this weird sci-fi action and sword fighting and whatnot and then it's like then it goes to scotland i'm like okay i guess <laughs> and then it cut back and forth but then like you know uh some of my favorite stuff in scotland was actually the relationship between uh connor and his wife at the time um rachel yeah, yeah. and or heather i should say rachel's the little girl heather and uh it's like oh i like this stuff quite a bit and um i don't know my and then i was like oh and then and i stopped liking the new york stuff once we saw his giant ugly apartment and i was like how hope we don't spend a lot of time in this apartment because i can't stand looking at it oh the shot when uh brenda is first brought into his like knickknack room yeah that comes in through the ceiling and pans around that was another one of those moments where i'm like wow that shot was so unnecessary yep um but no, it's like this this film is so on the nose too. Like I love that they used wrestling because like they wanted to like show the violence of it and you know, <laughs> that relates him back to his past. And um I also love too like the the weird marine guy that tried to kill the Kurgan because he's just he's driving around with I guess the intent to find whoever's doing the Oh beheadings. yeah. Um and like I just love when he's driving past and you see like an awkward sword fight in in <laughs> Like, and I was like, why is no one called the cops? Like, you can't tell me people in New York aren't just hearing the sounds of swords clashing. 
Um, and then like, uh, apparently this guy's Connor's friend because they had to throw that one awkward scene with him on the bridge being like, remember that time we partied? <laughs> so, uh, God, there's so much to talk. There's like three tangents that I want to go off just from and that just one pick last one and bit. Just run. Um, so in the beginning, they made a big deal about how they've been living in secret and no yeah, one's yeah. known. And, and that sword fight in the parking garage in the beginning, the one in the New York alley. Now, to a certain degree, you can say, okay, well, the um, the gathering is coming. So, like, maybe they're throwing caution to the wind or something. And they kind of hint at that in the intro. But it's like, that sword fight in the parking garage, there's no way people didn't see it. In, in the yeah. parking garage of Madison Square Garden, like, there's no way... And I can tell, and I can tell you, while um, (coughs) knowing those wrestlers, the fabulous Freebirds, and then I also had Greg Gagne and Jim Brunzel in that match. I don't know who the other guy was. Um, If that wasn't the main event, that was the semi-main event because the fabulous (laughs) Freebirds were a fucking draw everywhere they went. Were they? Yes. Well, those wigs were amazing. Those that was their real hair. No, I refuse it. That is the most unbelievable thing about this entire movie. (laughs) No, no, seriously. Look up Michael P.S. Hayes. That is his real, well, that was his real hair. And I've seen him wrestle. Um, There's no way that was a wig. Wow. (laughs) Yes, they were a draw everywhere they went. So that was close to the main event. If that was not the main event, it was coming up. And I don't think they can get through a whole sword fight before Madison Square Garden let out. (laughs) Um, Okay, another tangent. Um, I actually really appreciated the energy that they put put into that like uh ptsd uh vet like as he's pulling up that sword fight is going on and we didn't need to see the whole meat of another sword fight and so it went into this moment where he's like all right now it's time that this is what i've been wait preparing for and he opens his trunk and pulls out his like okay you can do this citing himself up and then goes in to stop the sword fight. And uh, afterwards, when he had survived, uh, and he's talking with the cop, um, like they went into a surprising amount of backstory with yeah. that side character, but without taking too much away from the main flow of the film. No, I, I thought that was that. actually I, really. I, well I thought done. they did. A, I thought they did a really good job too with. Um... Rachel, the little girl that ended up becoming his receptionist, you know, where Connor saved her in uh, during the Holocaust. She was my favorite character. Mine too. Actually. My, she I was thought my favorite character. It was so sweet and je- like I wanted to see more of that relationship, but not in a way that I felt like something was missing. Yeah. It was just so I, well done. I also too loved to like that, you know, that he needed someone to open up to and like, you know, she kind of just like, you know, I'm going to follow you wherever you need to go. And yeah. I also kind of loved that little moment too. when like he got gunned down and he was like, it's like a magic trick. Yeah. I, just, I thought it was kind of a sweet moment between them. Yeah. And when he tells her that um, when he's giving her like the, okay, here's, you'll be set up. Here's where the paperwork is when he's going off for that last battle. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, you're not coming back. Are you, whether you win or not? And there was this kind of, well, we knew that this time would come because he's immortal and she is not. Like, this really uh, sweet goodbye without saying goodbye at all. It was really, really beautiful. It kind of reminds me of... um of some of the relationships that are touched upon in um, 
with the right one in. Mm, I haven't seen it. Um, it's a movie about a, a vampire who's who, who became a vampire as a little as, as a child, so she's young and like not like eight years old, like maybe like 12, 13, maybe 14 years old. Okay. And um, she's at the beginning of the film, she's got like this hand or this old guy that's taking care of her. And by the end of the film, uh, the young boy that falls for her is taking care of her. And you get the idea, oh, he's going to take care of her until he's old and gray because he loves her. But he's just going to get replaced. Right. And now it's, it's kind of heartbreaking. Nice. Um... Let me check my notes. I feel like we had so much to talk about. Okay. And I, just, I, I, had a, I had a moment <laughs> of like, oh, that was a nice scene. Um, um... I love that church scene. I got to keep going back to that church scene. It's so over the top. Um, my Forgive part, me, Father, for I have sinned. My favorite part about it, because just like I feel like Kurgan was written just to be like that annoying bully. The moment he comes to the church, he's putting out all the candles, and it's not like one at a time. He's just mashing all the candles with right. his hands. It's like, oh, Kurgan's here. Oh, and how forced was it that? Um, well, we, except on holy ground. We all respect that because it's tradition. Don't ask any questions. We just always do it. And then the church in, in that church scene is like, remember, McLeod, you can't hurt me here. Remember what the Spaniard taught you. It's like, how do you know what the Spaniard taught him, first of all? <laughs> right. And, and we're like, no explanation. It's just, oh, holy ground. We're, we're, we have to be nice to each other. Like, <laughs> he doesn't no have to be reason. nice to priests. No nuns no sense of humor <laughs> burn out fade away right that was made up that was a neil young line um from uh, russ never sleeps uh, i didn't think they'd use it but they did um i think my favorite line is um holy ground highlander remember what ramirez taught you i do I do love that line, actually, sincerely, because it just tells you that the Kurgan actually does give a damn about this process, this ritual that they're going through. And even though he's completely blasphemous in that in that church, he does take the he does take the the rules of the game seriously. The fascinating thing about watching Highlander is the guy who dreamed it up is it's amazing how many times the movie steps out of itself. You know, particularly some moments with the Kurgan and Clancy had a real problem with that. He hated what he was being asked to do, and um, and he used to come to me complaining about it, and um, and I didn't know what to tell him because I did think it was a little jokey, you know. And uh, um, what is essentially a very serious person with a serious issue, it was kind of tarted up a little bit. Mother God. Kurgan was probably in many ways the thing that was the most different about my screenplay. He was much more a tortured, uh, it was, the Kurgan in, in um, Highlander as it is, is pretty much like Freddy. You know, he's just a cackling psychopath. <laughs> I envisioned him as a guy who, you know, you lose everything over time. And the only thing that he could hold on to to give him a reason to get up in the morning was to finish this thing and finish it with our guy. And it was really about that more than anything, more than possession of this force, more than 
it was just a reason to get up in the morning. Like, what is the point? You know, you, you nothing is permanent, everything is lost. And so that made him a much more serious, almost uh, in a weird way, sympathetic bad guy. Um, and the Kurgan in the movie is much less that. You know, he's he's just a guy who screws with people because he enjoys screwing with people. And um, and it's just a different way to do it, you know. But that was probably the biggest difference between the two versions. Why can't they do that on, on Holy Ground? It was so ridiculous. Uh, my, my, one of my favorite lines in the movie is when... Um, when Connor first meets uh, Sean Connery's character, and he's telling him his past, and he is he's like, "So you're from Spain? I'm from Egypt. You lied to me. You said you're Spanish." I don't know. I just thought that because <laughs> they never touch on it again. Right. <laughs> don't call me a liar, boy. <laughs> like, and then like, what's weird to me is, I was like, you know, the whole point of, if I'm understanding this correctly, um, the Immortals is they want to get the prize which is what you get for being the last immortal yeah yeah why the fuck didn't just sean connery behead connor and be like i'm one step closer to the prize <laughs> or like why are these immortal like other than the kurgan they all seem to be friends and yeah well they do though though i admit it's weak um i th think the in-story reason is that Sean Connor, this the Spaniard knew that the Kyrgyz was the most powerful, and mm -hmm. and he says something to the effect of, uh, "If the Kyrgyz wins the prize, then then humanity is doomed. Like he'll be in charge of all these humans, and and horrible horrible stuff will happen to them." Um, so he was trying to train people just so somebody had enough skill to take down the Kyrgyz. I that as that many sense. that as many immortals could pose a threat to him as possible. It's also weird too, like the whole idea of the quickening. So you get like the power of the people you've the people you've just killed. Yeah. What power? What right. powers do they have? Like you get shocked <laughs> by lightning and whatnot, but like, what do you get? I was always kind of. It looks cool. Yeah. Well, it looks cool except for the final one, which I'll I'll say. Okay, still looks cool was so some out of good place. animation some good animation in that scene so out of place <laughs> oh it the it it looked really cool and would have fit great in like a nightmare on elm street film or yeah or some other of those like vhs cheese ball you know and just you're hunter from the future totally like but it was at the end of highlander and it made no sense uh I who do are these ghost things going around? i don't know who wrote the description of the highlander on wikipedia but i want to read the sentence to you because it sounds overly dirty okay um he being connor receives the prize which manifests which manifests itself as a massive quickening <laughs> period <laughs> wink <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, like i said it's the, the highlander is weird because it's like it's a movie that like i said i i had my thrill house moment where i was just like whoa and then i was like i uh, i told myself i was just like you know i've seen the highlander i don't know if i need to go back to it yeah I was like, i'm happy with what i saw this was great and yada 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 i don't know if i need to see any of the sequels or anything but then like the more i sat on it the more i stewed on it it's like you know i'm curious about that sequel there is a tv show 
And then like more and more, I think about it. It's like you know what? Maybe if I ever see the Highlander on Blu-ray, I'll pick it. Like I just, <laughs> it, it, it just seems to manifest itself in the back of my brain. It's like I feel like I need more of that. It was like I kept thinking, man, I wish I could have listened to a commentary with this or something. Well, and I, I think it's that very thing that separates films from like cult classics. It's it doesn't matter if it's good or bad if it plants something that you can't ignore in your head. That's it's not just about the quality. Yeah. It's not just about production value. It's did it implant itself in your brain in yeah. a way that you can't shake. And then, like for me, it's like, oh, I would, I would love to make a movie within this world or write something. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, like, I did a little bit of research on the on Highlander Two: The Quickening, and one, it's considered pretty bad, um, and that it also undoes a lot of stuff that they did in the first film which Ooh, bums me out okay, a little bit yeah. um, it also takes place in the future it takes like a place in 2024 and then like uh, the ozone layer is fading and uh, somehow um, Juan Sanchez Ramirez is is brought back to life and uh, Connor and Juan Sanchez need to go back to their home planet apparently they're aliens now and save the world okay i have to see that <laughs> i do too it's on it's on amazon prime you can watch it for free what like Horrible. i like when i read the description like on amazon prime i was like wait 2024 ozone layer aliens <laughs> they're aliens the kurgan is an alien too the kurgan apparently is a is a breed of alien <laughs> okay russian it, yeah it's kind of like um it's it's like it's I don't know. Um, actually, yeah. uh, IGN gave the movie two out of ten stars. Uh, <laughs> and someone asked, his review is, how bad is this movie? Well, imagine if Ed Wood were alive today and someone gave him a multi-million dollar budget. See his imagination running rampant, bringing aliens from outer space with immensely powerful firearms, immortals who bring each other back to life by calling out their names, epic duels on flying skateboards, and a blatant disregard for anything logical or previously established. <laughs> now you're starting to get close to the vision of Highlander 2. Beautiful. So I'm watching that this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, you know what? I... I... I have to correct something I said earlier in the episode. I said that the uh, New York, New York scene was one of the funniest. The funniest scene, and it was intentionally funny, was definitely the 1783 Bassett duel. Oh my god, I love that scene where he can't keep his wig on. It was so fucking funny. It was so good. Why does he shoot his assistant? And the the weird, like, his assistant having that weird, like, like physical relationship with mm-hmm. the with Bassett, who, like, it's clearly under, but he's, like, trying to make out with him in the middle of this duel. Oh, and then he's like, I'm sorry I called your wife a swine or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Getting stabbed over and over again. <laughs> oh. Uh. It was so beautiful. <laughs> and then, like, I just, like, um... Hotchkiss. I, I, was... I appreciated any of those uh, flashbacks uh, that weren't to Scotland in the 1500s. Like, those were kinda... surprisingly solid. Yeah, like, I, I, I was like, oh, I could have seen more of these. It kind of reminded yeah. me of, like, 
the uh, the best part about the first standalone Wolverine movie was like his showing his history from like when he was a little kid and then like him being in the Civil War, World War Two, and like just okay. all the shit that he's done. It's like, oh, that's cool. If you're gonna <laughs> yeah. have a character who's an immortal, why only show two time periods? So right, right. Uh, because of production costs. <laughs> Let's be real. This movie looked like you put everything on the screen. Yeah. Yep. Those Absolutely. locations in Scotland. Those were legit. Like, or like when they were like sword fighting on top of the mountain. It's like I was trying to look when they're doing that helicopter shot. It's like these have to be stunt doubles because there's no way Sean Connery and Christopher Lambert would stay. It does not look like a very solid like even mountain. Yeah. And it's like there's looks like there's no way to climb down. I don't think they would be on like very rocky just trying to sword fight. It's like this this is some money right here. That that's uh one of those sequences, the last one where uh Connor finally disarms the Spaniard and his mm-hmm. sword goes flying down. I I'm just imagining Sean Connery turning around and going, Now go down there and get it. <laughs> Damn it, do you know how far down that is? I am not climbing down there. Look, I've got my best suit on. It's the I'm, only I'm, suit. I'm laughing too hard to be able to even att- like I'm trying to attempt my Scottish accent, but I'm laughing. You're your very unconvincing out. Scottish accent. Now go down and get my sword. <laughs> that one wasn't bad. Yeah, that was the non. I I focused on that one. Um, no, it's like there's just so much to enjoy and also roll your eyes at with this movie. It's like I'm not surprised it became a a, a cult favorite yeah. at all yeah. i'm surprised it made any money it didn't yeah. make its budget back it didn't do that well okay but it did enough to spawn five sequels which <laughs> apparently different... the sequels also start tying in the tv show as well and christopher lambert seems to have a job for a while he's done a bunch of these it it was a different time when this came out like those kind of movies could do well in a way that they can't that they couldn't even in the mid 90s yeah um it, it was more about f- the fun of the box, like going and having fun in the theater versus having this well-polished, articulate story. You know, was, you could just throw fun up on the screen, and that was enough. Yeah, and it's like the director, Russell McKay, he, like you said, he started doing music videos. He's done everything from, like, Elton John, Duran Duran. <laughs> he done a, he's done a little bit of everything. But then, like, you know, he did the first two Highlander films. He did a movie I remember seeing uh, called Razorback that I, I think I enjoyed. <laughs> um, I don't remember much about it at the moment. And then he did, like, probably my favorite of the Resident Evil sequels. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, he's done... He's done a well, lot of shit. Be... Most, most of it's pretty like low budget or like directed DVD type shit, but yeah. Um, going back over my notes here, um, I have a couple of random thoughts. Um, one now, now I am not uh, an expert on metal detectors. <laughs> um, however, I found her going into the parking garage to look for the little shard of sword metal when inside each of those concrete pillars is rebar tons of rebar like i found that a little hard to believe (laughs) and you know if somebody out there is a is an engineer and can say no that would totally work please call in and correct and also like did they ever address the fact that if if she found those shards shards pretty big fucking shards does that mean connor's sword is just missing chunks (laughs) 
And and if it is, then I'm finding it hard to believe that those 200 folds were that great because yeah. like it hits a little concrete and chips away. Yeah. I also love too that he like hides it. He like throws it up above. I'm like I'll right. come back for you later. <laughs> My precious heirloom. I don't want to get caught with it. I took if I get a life in prison sentence, then this is gonna be really problematic. It's like, oh, anyone can find my sword. <laughs> oh. Uh, the wrestling opening was amazing. I'm pretty sure that they got some money from Budweiser because I saw Budweiser stuff multiple times throughout the movie, but the most prominent was in the a crowd shot. I think when the wrestlers are coming out um, of the entrance, there's some dude in a like this really bright Budweiser tank top. And nice. not much else. Um, that was pretty amazing. I, I love all the people in the wrestling like uh, crowd who are trying to talk to Connor. Isn't this the best? Right. <laughs> oh, I thought that was great. I was like, oh, we're not that bad. And Us no, wrestling fans. <laughs> speculate with me for a little bit. Okay. Do you feel that... Why do you think he was at that wrestling match? Um... I have one I, if, if plausible you, if, explanation. Well, I, I might I, I might be cheating a little bit because I did do a little bit of research, and while no one said exactly why he's there, the whole point of because it, it, it's wrestling, it originally was supposed to be hockey, and it was supposed to be like the violent part of hockey. It's supposed to, it like they wanted it to connect back to his past. I'm um only plausible thing I can think of is like if he somehow gets like joy from watching pain but like I, I don't have a good answer for that but but he didn't look like he was he got free tickets he of every like he was not enjoying himself no not at all he was not even from like a oh i need to absorb he the look on his face was just pure like god i hate being here right now uh, only only thing I could think of was if if he knew there was going to be another immortal there. That's kind of where I needed to go in order to make sense of that, because you can say that uh, the the gathering is happening. They're they can sense each other, right? They're all drawn to some spot. Yeah. To to take each other. Maybe he was drawn there. Uh, because and and so was this other immortal in order to challenge each other. Kind of sucks so, though that he had to pay for ticket and parking <laughs> to do this. But every like he's just sitting there like God, I hate this. This is the worst. Um, and now again, maybe that was just a victim of that acting issue that we talked about earlier. But and his I, lack of it. I mean, what? <laughs> right, but. He was good in the flashback. No, stuff. no, he was good. He was he was kind of charming when he wanted to be. He was trying to look haggard and and carrying the burden of his of all of his years as an immortal and the that maybe concern that the gathering is coming, but it fell so flat. Yes, in, um, in it present did. day. Um, okay, I'm curious how often the gathering happens. I think just once, because it happens once, all but one remains. There, I don't know if you caught this; it was subtle, but there apparently can be only one. <laughs> well, no, I meant like, so is it a gathering anytime two immortals go into battle, or is it like a time of the year where like they're more susceptible to beheadings? 
I, I think it is one single point where um, there, so, so say, think of it as like the signal going off and it just happened, nobody knows where, but it starts going off in Manhattan, right? So then that signal starts pulling all of the immortals to that point. But theoretically, the Kurgan could have killed them all before the gathering even happened. Totally. Okay. One, yeah, okay. 100%. See, I just didn't know if it was considered a gathering anytime two of them gathered together to sword fight in an alley. Uh, the way that the, especially the way that uh, Sean Connery's character talked about it, it, it felt to me like it was, would just be a single uh, moment okay. sometime on the horizon that would pull them all together and decide once and for all who was the one. Okay. Um, the Kyrgyz sword is ridiculous and would not be an effective weapon in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Question. Do I, I don't know if I remember this at all. Uh, once again, still on Wikipedia, just kind of like... Uh, I peruse Wikipedia to like jog my mind of story points to try right. to remember. Apparently... After his massive, after he gets the prize and he has the massive quickening, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's now mortal and capable of having children. Yep, they do. It's it's just kind of a throwaway line. Okay, I guess when I don't they're remember having that. their when they're having their picnic lunch in Scotland, <laughs> and he's wearing that amazing sweater. Um, I must I might have turned the movie off a moment too too soon. Maybe I missed that. He's he's talking to, and it might even be his voiceover. I don't remember. Um, he's talking to. The Spaniard, mm, um, okay, and saying you didn't prepare me for that, you you Spanish okay, bastard or whatever. Now. I remember that. Now. Um, yeah. Kind of, you know, in a playful way, like, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm 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 mortal. I didn't have kids, but this, but my prize is getting to like be able to read everyone's minds on the planet or something. Um, the, okay, the Tyrion sword. First off, they show it in the past so it's the sword that he's had forever that apparently comes apart in several places along the blade so cool like it clicks <laughs> to get that would not be an effective sword no like, I, that kept, I kept hoping he was apart. gonna like pull it out of a suitcase and like have it all set up it's, that's what he had that scene in the hotel room where he's yeah, like you're right, you're right, you're his right. sword back together it's like and then it has that like pop out like chink blade thing so that cool. apparently he had in the 1500s. <laughs> I hear a lot of complaining about this, but I think it's awfully cool. I, I think it's really cool. I think it's, A, stupid that it was not something that he had made in recent times, but that he had this mechanically pieced together and and kung fu grip action pommel, like... I, I, my favorite, years sword, ago? my favorite sword in the movie was actually McCloud's original sword that he kept. That, that he says McCloud. Yeah. Um, though, like, I don't know. I guess I, I was a fan of, um, him using a katana. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but also, like, okay, a sword like that, th this is the weapon that you need to defend your immortality and take on. If you have a sword and the blade is connected in the middle by a snap point as soon as you have one single hit along another sword that's gonna pop apart there's no way that that is an effective weapon yeah <laughs> yeah i agree rant um. over <laughs> <laughs> oh highlander 
Um, okay, I think I have. Uh, I'm, I'm, two... I'm running out of steam in terms of what to talk about, so I'm kind of letting you eat it right now. Okay. Like, I think I have... I've hit my, my main points. I have two quick quick notes, and then we can wrap it up with one more point that might elicit a little bit more conversation. One, um, everything with the Kyrgyz for me had... Kyrgyz? Uh, the Kyrgyz had a trauma vibe to it. Yes. Um, every time I saw him on camera, I'm like, oh, it's so trauma. It's traumalicious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I said, I, I thought both Terminator and, yeah, I can see the trauma vibe as well. Um, I noticed uh, in the second half, Brenda had a tartan pattern coat. Okay. Which, I, which I'm guessing was intentional. What's tartan? Uh, the Scottish um, clan fabric oh, that okay. like kilts and things would be made out of. Gotcha. Um, so that that felt intentional to me. Um, and so okay, so I love that one... little moment though when he walks into her apartment and sees the the Scottish painting and <laughs> like hmm, and walks away. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, funny. <laughs> You know what this place needs? A giant oversized painting of Atlantic City. Oh, you've got one. <laughs> um, Brenda and Connor's love story Dumb. is so unbelievable and stupid and ridiculous. And that's saying nothing about the sex scene, which is even worse. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. To quote Joe Bob Briggs, aardvarking. That's okay. What, and when he was when he was on uh television he couldn't say sex, so he started just referring to it as aardvarking. Nice. Um and I I loved it like that was so bad and then it actually made me diddle when they cut away from that scene into the two lions like at <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh, okay, it's you so know what? on the nose. You know what points for that. <laughs> Um, so that's, those are my notes. Yeah. Like I said, I've, I've, I've went through, um, I got through, mo I've got through all of mine. I got, you know, the queen pro wrestling, the unlimited backflips, <laughs> um, transitions, Kurgan. Yeah. I, um, I just, I love that the film wears all of its influences on its, on its sleeve right. and that it's not afraid to be dumb and over the top, but also like, uh, has a lot of really creative and interesting ideas. Like there's lesser films that are not nearly as well thought out as this one. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> what something else popped into my head. Uh, there were a, a strange amount of during sword fights, like, Oh, let's also include a bunch of water for no reason. Yeah. Um, and in that intro fight sequence in the parking garage, I wanted so badly when, when his opponent sets off the the sprinklers for Connor to go, my only weakness, water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So I think in the long run, I can say that we um we both enjoyed the movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, I feel like if I would have seen it when I was younger, it would be one of my favorite movies of all time. Probably. <laughs> That's um, fair. But yeah, I uh, I had a great time with uh, with the Highlander. I think that was a great choice, Nick. Thank you very much. It was, um, yeah. I mean, I I chose it because I could watch it for free. So, 
free works. <laughs> um, All right. But yeah, I'm I'm glad uh, we got that one. That was fun. A good start to season three. I completely agree. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to add before we wrapped up here, Nick? I don't think so. Um, we've got some thoughts on uh, upcoming episodes, um, including special guests, and I'm just I'm just so glad to be back. I'm glad to have you back. <laughs> um, and one thing we're we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about um, the the tr- the Lloyd Kaufman tribute episode is st- between me and Amanda is still coming. Okay. Um, and um, we got some cool stuff potentially planned with that. Uh, nice. So that's going to be on the horizon coming soon. So we've got some episodes planned. Me and you, like I'm sure we can even like knock out a couple up. Ep- like when, if we could, the once we start just kind of getting back into the rhythm of things, I think it'll all come together and it'll be, it'll be good. Um, yeah. As always, uh, since I've learned in my time podcasting, this needs to be mentioned <laughs> more often. Um, <laughs> Rate, review, subscribe, people. It helps us out a lot. It's what de- yep. determines whether or not we, um, we're we a success or not. Keep whether, your spo- whether or not we show up to happy. other people. Yep. Um, Comment, engage in the conversations. We love hearing from you guys. And, and the handful of people that have really engaged uh, has been really rewarding. And we want to see more of you and hear from more of you. Yeah, and we got a new sponsor. I don't know if I told you that. It's it's you did not. Uh, it's a website called geopetric.com. They make okay. uh, cruelty free collars and clothing for dogs. Oh, awesome! Uh, I'll actually have an official thing at the top of it, but we've got a a twenty percent off coupon that people can use. <gasps> oh, very um, cool! So we've got we've got that going on for us. But like I said, rate, review, subscribe. You can find us on Instagram. I pretty much do all the posting for it. <laughs> um, uh, at shameless picture show uh and then you can find me michael underscore flyers nick's on the internet as well i don't remember your instagram handle at the moment uh a pick worth a thousand words i believe okay. one thousand being the I, number one I, zero, zero, zero i tag them a lot and a lot of shit so yeah. you'll be able to find them pretty easily um but let us know what we what you like about the show if you have if you honestly if you have episodes you want us to tackle let us know if it's yeah. we'll, we'll tell you if it's on our shame list and you know no one says we can't do an episode of something we both like totally it's our Absolutely. show we're making the rules <laughs> and no one can stop us and actually uh, i had a new i had a new sign off that i was going to start using it's kind okay. of in reference to my love for professional wrestling um back in the old days you might you might even remember this even as a person who didn't watch wrestling because it okay. became part of the lexicon where people would, would say if you're not down with that i've got two words for you and then they you say suck it uh <laughs> our new sign off now is if you're not down with that i've got two words for you watch movies <laughs> nice beautiful i gotta give credit to uh uh contributor kyle arkey he uh he came up with that okay well thank but, uh, you kyle you guys all have a good week, Nick. We'll talk soon. Yeah. All right. Later. Bye.